Podcast sponsorships. When I say that, what is the first thing you think of? For most podcasters, it's either money or numbers. You think of ad rates, CPM and CPA, and all kinds of industry jargon like that. And this episode of Grow the Show is about sponsorships, yes, but if you want to learn about the money, the numbers, and how to build a larger monetization strategy, I suggest you first check out our episodes with Gary Arndt and Dave Jackson. Those are linked in the show notes. And that's because even though it's about sponsorships, this episode isn't really about money, at least not directly. It's about relationships. Because here's the thing, when it comes to podcasting and sponsorships, the money comes second. The people and the relationships come first. Because if you build amazing relationships with people in your industry and your niche, the actual human beings who work for the brands that you want to sponsor you, then right off the bat, you're gonna be in the position to succeed and to actually make money from your podcast. But again, the money comes after the relationships. So today, that's what we're gonna talk about. How to build relationships with potential podcast sponsors. And to help us learn how to do this, we've brought in a sponsorship expert. His name is Billy Thorpe. Billy is a successful podcaster, entrepreneur, and an online creator who teaches other creators how to monetize their work. And today, he's going to teach us about one of the most underrated yet important pieces of monetizing your podcast, which is how to build relationships. By the end of this episode, you're going to know how to find sponsors that are the best fit for you and your show. And you're gonna learn a way to pitch yourself to them that virtually guarantees a higher chance of success. Because the secret to making sponsorship money soon is building relationships now. This is Grow the Show, the podcast to help you grow your podcast. My name is Kevin Schmidlin, and my mission is to help you, the independent podcaster, to get more listeners and monetize now so you can have a profitable business. Today on the show, you're going to learn that it is never too early to start getting podcast sponsorships because it's never too early to start building relationships. How to build relationships with potential podcast sponsors with Billy Thorpe is now on Grow the Show. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but first, a quick question. Are you pouring your heart into your podcast but not seeing the growth or engagement that you hoped for? Well, imagine if there was a way to not only grow your podcast audience, but also create better content more efficiently and unlock the secrets to transforming listeners into buyers, aka monetize. Well, there is a way. It's called the 12 Days of Podcast Growth. It's an email course that is completely free and packed with everything that I know about how to grow your audience in 2024, how to make captivating content in less time, and the strategies that I use to drive over 2.5 million in sales from my podcast to my business. This email course is your golden ticket to elevating your podcast game and in turn, getting more clients and customers. It's just 12 days and every day you'll receive a bite-sized email lesson straight to your inbox that'll give you the tools that you need to achieve remarkable growth. So if you're ready to learn how to take your podcast to the next level, just go to 12daysofpodcastgrowth.com or you could just click the link in the show notes, enter your email, and you will receive the 12 days of podcast growth from me. All right, that's it. Let's get back to the episode. 
My name is Billy Thorpe. I'm the host of Creating for Money, and I help podcasters make money with their podcast through sponsorship deals. Billy's first podcast was actually a really successful show that he had with a friend. It was all about saltwater fishing. I worked at a fishing newspaper in 2018, and I like fell in love with the community. I wasn't really a good saltwater angler or fisherman, uh, but I love the community. I love the tournaments, the camaraderie. And I thought what they were doing was really cool. And I kept telling the owner, like, man, you got to go digital. You got to do something digital. And and he never would. And, and so that relationship came to an end. And then I had this idea to do this live stream show. And that's kind of kind of a little mix. I was messing with live stream and then started learning about podcasting. Got a co-host, a friend of mine who is a fishing guide, started the show. It blows up. We had no idea what we were doing. We didn't have any agreements in place. People were wanting to throw money at us and sponsorship deals and grills. And we're like, yeah, this is awesome. And I'm like, yeah, 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 let's do it. Let's cash checks. And my buddy's like, no, 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 I have a business. I don't I don't want another one. Uh, but he was a fishing <laughs> guide. So it was like, we had this fishing show and he's like booking trips. He was having fun. And uh, I'm like, man, I can't work and produce stuff for free. Like I need to make money. And so, even though his fishing podcast was getting incredibly lucrative sponsorship opportunities, Billy's co-host had no interest in monetizing the show. Because even when sponsors are coming to you, it's still a lot of work to actually close deals and keep those sponsors happy. Billy's partner didn't want to take that on, in addition to his other business. But Billy wasn't interested in doing the show just for fun. So, he decided to leave. And he did this because he actually had other business interests that required his time and energy as well. He had a t-shirt printing business and another podcast. I was doing another little business podcast just as a networking tool to get me more networked in my community. And, um, and so I was talking about entrepreneurship and small business. And I was learning you know, about community and people and, and doing business like through my t-shirt business. Uh, but 2020 came, March 2020, t-shirt business goes away. $20,000 canceled orders in one day. And I'm like, mm. I don't know what I'm going to do. This was scary. And many of us were in the same position back in 2020. But Billy didn't fully recognize that with the success of his fishing show, he had kind of cracked the code on something that other people hadn't figured out, which is how to build a thriving online community via a show. He finally started to notice this when he started having the same conversation over and over again. I was taking phone call after phone call of entrepreneurs and every phone call was like, dude, I see you doing live stuff. Cause I was just going live for fun on YouTube or Facebook or whatever. And they're like, can you help us? Can you help us? Those other entrepreneurs had seen Billy's success in using podcasts as a tool to promote his business. So they wanted to get in on the game. That's when Billy realized he might be onto something. Since then, he's helped tons of online creators monetize what they make through his company, which is now called Creating Daily. And this is actually how I originally came across Billy. He was in a clubhouse room back in the spring of 2021 when Clubhouse had its big moment. That room was about podcast monetization, and its attendees asked tons of questions about sponsorships. And I gotta be honest, with each response Billy gave, I was blown away. I was like, who is this guy? He really knew what he was talking about, and he understood the key skill that's required to land lucrative, fruitful sponsorships. You see, it's not necessarily about how to price your sponsorship. It's not how to craft the perfect pitch email, and it's not even about how to write and perform great host-read ads. The key is how to build relationships with potential sponsors. 
And that's what Billy's going to teach us how to do today. And the first step to that, to building relationships with potential sponsors, actually happens before you even interact with them. It happens within you. So if you're not showing up like a business, you're not going to get paid like a business. So that's my always my first thing is like, if you're showing up like a hobby, you're a hobby. If you're gonna, if you want to get a check, you got to show up like a business. And a lot of podcasters, that's the first thing they need to do is is really evaluate: is their podcast worthy of a sponsor? Anybody can sit behind a microphone and tell their story, and I love that, by the way. Like I, I love shows that are like, just hey, we're gonna banter, we're gonna do whatever. But most of the people who are saying, hey, I need to get paid for this are people who aren't treating it like a business. It's a hobby. Mm. And so I think that's my first thing is, you know, organize like a business, show up like a business, create content like a business, have a system like a business. I mean, we've put out, we've actually recorded over 100, 100, 304 episodes, but that's what we do. We batch record, we make sure we got all the stuff done. We're not missing episodes, you know, And, and part of that is the motivation of, sponsorship deals or whatever, but that's just how we operate. We operate like a business. And so that's kind of the first thing is like, you know, get organized that way. A helpful tool to get and stay organized is the media kit. A media kit is sort of like a cheat sheet about you, your podcast, your company, and what it is you're offering. It has basic info, stats, and images. And this isn't big news. You probably already know what a media kit is, and a lot of podcasters know that you need this. But there is a hidden pitfall that most beginners do get trapped in. Ours has kind of evolved a little bit um, from the time we started. So it used to be just like four pages, super simple, but it was really complicated. It was super simple looking, but it was really complicated. We had different frequencies. It was like four, six, eight. 10, 12, 16, 24, 32 shows Whoa. or what? I mean, it got complicated, man. Whoa. It was complicated. And then it had like five different packages <laughs> or whatever. Um, so this year we backed up and said, okay, we're going to treat every sponsor like a platinum sponsor because we don't have that many spots. So it's not that we can, you know, really fulfill stuff. So now we offer very similar packages, three, six, 12 months, And we just basically add a little perk or two to the six month and a little perk or two to the 12 month. Um, And then it has, you know, episode rates per episode or or whatnot. And then we, you know, kind of put it all together where it's really simple, like, oh, this is what it costs. Cool. We're in or we're out. And that part of it comes after the call. So I'll do a call. I'll talk about it. I'll talk about stuff in the media kit. I'll even talk about pricing if they ask or whatever, I'm not doing a Zoom call. I'm not doing a pitch presentation. And and I'm one of those guys where I just kind of say, hey, here it is. Here's the price. Take it or leave it. You're not going to hurt my feelings because I know it's just business. If it makes sense for you, you'll do it. If it doesn't make sense for you, I'm going to move on to somebody else. Actually, who's your biggest competitor? Because I'm going to call them. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great little, oh, that, it might make a little bit more sense after you say that. <laughs> I, yeah, right? Like, oh, wait a second. Um, yeah. And so then I'll say, you know, after the call, if they're like, yeah, 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 send us more information, that is the more information. So Media Kit does a couple things for us. One, it keeps me super organized and consistent. Um, I'm not I'm not going, oh yeah, so what uh, you know, let me think about pricing and get back to you. I'd mm. say, hey, it's in our media kit. It's cut and dry. And even if we grow over amount of time and, and maybe the prices should go up, um, I'll update it. You know, we'll go yeah. three months and we'll look at it. It's a living, breathing document. Numbers change, reach changes, followings, you know, all this stuff that that matters to people changes testimonies come in, better testimonies from response, you know, all this stuff is like 
a revolving door and it's always changing. And so I think it's important to, to create that document and keep up with it. It's homework. If you're interested in seeing what Billy's media kit looks like, the link to that is in the show notes. All right, so now you're set and you feel prepared to take on sponsors. How do you go about actually getting one? Well, there's actually two ways that podcasts get sponsorship. The first is that the sponsor actually reaches out to you. Those are called inbound sponsorships. These can be rare, especially if you're just starting out, but it does happen and it might've already happened to you. Here's what Billy and his team do if someone reaches out to them and wants to be a sponsor. One, I qualify my podcast and make sure I feel confident that whatever package, deal, whatever I do with this company, I can deliver on it. Uh, and I do this for a couple of reasons. One, you know, for the small creator like myself who has a small audience, it's really important that we get it right because I want the next guy who starts a fishing podcast who approaches the same sponsor that I'm working with that they just go, yeah, we want to do that. Cool. Because mm. I made such a good first impression and I kind of paved this way of relationship for the next guy. Um, the next thing is I want to make sure that their uh, brand is qualified for my podcast. I want to make sure that we serve the same community. Um, I want to see what their pain points are. And I'm really passionate about helping business owners. Now, being a business owner and helping business owners, maybe that's like you know, maybe it's a step, you know, different than most podcasters, but I want to have that conversation and really say, you know, like, Hey, what are your struggles? Um, so yeah, man, did they serve the same community? Um, you know, what are their pain points? Are they willing to share it? And then is it a good company? Like I'm looking at their Google reviews. If I'm going to tell you my friend, my listener to go do business and give your money to these people, I want to make sure they're not going to rip you off. While having sponsors pitch themselves to you is awesome, you really can't build a business around that because, well, it just doesn't make sense to build a business that waits for customers to reach out to you. And so if sponsorship is going to be a key piece of your podcast monetization strategy, you're going to have to learn how to reach out to potential sponsors yourself. And that is called outbound sponsorship. Here's how to make those happen. First of all, everybody should know this is a sales gig. Like if you're trying to get money, it's a sales gig. And so what I do is I get categories of different products or services that cater to my industry. So for fishing, you know, apparel's big, boats are big, um, the, you know, campers, coolers, fishing tackle, and you can kind of niche down into, in, into those things. But I'll get four to five categories and then I will get four to five brands within that category that I'm already familiar with, if at all possible. You know, for me, it was like a couple boat dealers that I was going to call on. It was a, a cooler, couple cooler companies, a couple tackle shops, you know, and I would get four or five of these brands I could reach out to. So by the time you do this, you got this prospecting list of 16 to 25 brands. Okay. So if step one is to create categories of different kinds of sponsors that you think would fit well with your show, then step two is to come up with brands that fit those categories. Step three is where we get into the juicy stuff, building connections with those brands. And again, remember, brands are not people. The people who work for those brands are people. So once you have your list of brands, you have to go through each one and ask yourself this question. Who do I know that works there? Who do I know who used to work there? If we're talking sales talk, like warm leads, cold leads, you know, all that kind of stuff. I teach my students this too. Like if you're in an industry, like I'm in the fishing space, 
more than likely, you know, and you can throw a rock at five people five feet away that you know they're in that same industry, or I hope, or you need to network a little better or whatever. Um, but I'm not going to go call somebody, you know, I've never spoken with and try to get their attention when I can call a friend and say, hey, man, we're starting this podcast. I want to meet with you. Um, and so I do that. So I make a list of people, of categories, and then I, you know, I make a list of of brands within that category, and then I make a list of people that I know that are in those industries. And then I'm going to reach out to them first just to see if they have any connections. Uh, because it's a lot easier for me to say, hey, so-and-so, Kevin from Grow the Show, you know, told me to give you a call that you would be a really good fit for sponsorship for my podcast. That's way easier than saying, hey, I got a podcast, you know, you want to sponsor, you know, or whatever. I found you on the internet, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you don't know me, but will you give me money? <laughs> yeah, right. But if they go, oh, Kevin, oh, yeah, Ke- I know Kevin. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I'll at least listen to what you have to say. So, yeah, it's just trying to like position yourself to be familiar with people and who's in their circle because they'll trust you more. Same with me. Yeah. I and mean, that's what we do with sponsorships. It's like you're paying a premium because people trust what I'm going to say. Yeah. It's all a trust game. And that's also why, you know, a lot of podcasters' initial reflex is to reach out to the Casper mattresses and and the Squarespaces who they hear on other podcasts. And I think that's a good instinct because, yes, that company is sold on podcast advertisement, but they're not sold on you. So it sounds like what you're recommending is to do the opposite. Get people who are already sold on you via a direct connection or, or, you know, a second degree and sell them on podcast advertisement. Is that right? Yeah. So here's what happens. And I hear this a lot. I'm like, why didn't you reach out to Casper Mattress over reaching out to, you know, like what, like the shoe company, you talk about shoe, you have a shoe podcast, you should reach out to your local shoe guy. And they're like, well, Casper already advertised on podcasts. I'm like, well, yeah. And just because people sleep in a bed doesn't mean everyone's shopping for a bed. So the more you line up that those two niches of sponsor and brand, of your podcast and your niche of your podcast, the more likely that relationship's going to last for a really long time. And sometimes it's not as obvious as you think, because I have a fishing podcast and guess what? I don't have, I don't have a tackle company that sponsors my mm. show. I, <laughs> I can't figure it out. I'm like, yeah, why not? <laughs> like I have a giant audience. I mean, not a giant audience, but we have a decent sized audience every month. And I'm like, can we please, you know, somebody please love us and <laughs> put your lures <laughs> on our show, please. <laughs> you know? I think you'll probably get one sometime soon. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. I'm just putting it out there. I make yeah, that joke yeah. every week. But but it is thinking outside the box, too. It's not always yeah. the obvious. Like, we had a um, sponsor came on that does uh, trailer hitches. So, you know, w- what a fisherman need. They need trailer hitches for their trucks, yeah. for their campers, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then sometimes, you know, we have sponsors reach out to us or potential sponsors. So we had a landscaping company and it didn't really make sense at first. I'm like, this isn't a good, it's a landscaping business. Doesn't make sense. And the guy was like, man, I reached out to you because one, I love your show. I listen to it all the time. We're outdoors people and we get to work early. We go home early and we get on the boat. And we want to hire people that want to do the same thing. So we want to run a spot on your show to recruit outdoors men, outdoors women that want to get up, go to work early, get off work early and be on the boat and whatever. And so once we kind of dialed into that messaging, I'm like, cool, it makes sense. You know? Yeah, that's incredible. That's totally outside of the box. You would never like that can only come from actually interacting with people within the niche, right? You're never going to sit down and make a list and come up with something like that. <laughs> and, and it really comes to like putting a call to action as well and letting people know they can sponsor. And so we've gotten yeah. two sponsors that way. 
we do have a little call to action. And it's really simple. Just a little mention like, oh, here's our sponsors, you know, blah, blah, blah. We have a little sponsor segment. And then, hey, if you'd like to be a sponsor of the show, reach out to me and I give my email and tell them where they can find it and all that kind of stuff. This is all great if you're someone who has a lot of connections like Billy. But what if you don't? What if you're just starting out in this area, in this industry? Billy's going to lay out exactly what to do after the break. All right, so before the break, we talked about how to come up with potential sponsors and how to use your industry connections as a tool to reach out to them. But what if you're just starting out or you don't have tons of contacts in your niche or your industry? Well, if your network is smaller and you can't come up with anyone to introduce you to your first few potential sponsors, you're going to have to introduce yourself. Sometimes I'll just cold call them and say, hey, you know, who's the best person for marketing or whatever? Um, and so then that's my next step. I have this list of businesses. I call them my wish list. And I hope something comes to this. And then I'll reach out to them. Now, once again, I'm a phone guy. I'm not going to send a random email in my industry. I, I'm pretty familiar with it. So I, I get that people aren't very techy. They're not going to respond to emails very well. And, you know, these guys are running around doing fishing stuff or whatever. So yeah. I, I'll call them. I'll check him on the phone. As a podcaster, and I think for a lot of podcasters, we use our voice all the time. That's, that's mm -hmm. our gift. So why am I going to try to craft an email? Now, maybe you're a great writer and you can craft an email and get your point across. But I know like, if I can get this person on the phone and we can build that relationship, then if it's a good fit, we're both going to know it. All right. So now you're ready. You're ready to pitch yourself to a sponsor. You pick up the phone, you dial the number, and someone from the company answers. Now what? I'm going to figure out as much information as I can. Who makes the advertising decisions? What's their phone number? What's their email if I can get it? And then also I'm building a relationship with what I call the gatekeeper. So mm. I want to know, you know, Susie, because I'm going to call her again. I'm going to talk to her. So if you're, if you're a jerk to Susie, call one. Guess what? You're never talking to who you want to. All right. Mm. Um, but if you make sure you know their name, write it down. That way you can use it as a reference source later. So, so that's kind of what I'm doing as well. So I'm, I'm getting all this discovery information. If I can get contact information, if not, what's the best time to call them? Um, you know, what days are they in? What days do they work? Now, in a perfect world, that person who picks up the phone is going to tell you that you sound like a great fit and they'll begin working with you right away. Where can I send the check? The reality is, however, that you're probably not going to get a very direct answer in your first conversation. And the key to continuing the relationship and landing the sponsor eventually is patient and polite persistence. We brought on Academy Sports last year to do some stuff, and we brought them on mm. again this year. And how I got that relationship was I walked into an Academy Sports, talked to the manager, said, hey, do you handle the advertising marketing for this area? No, that's so-and-so uh, -so in the other office. Call so-and-so. Hey, do you handle that? No, that's so-and-so. And I just kept going up the ladder, and now I have a great relationship with the whole you know regional person that handles the whole East Coast. Wow. And so. You know, it, but it's work. It took me multiple phone calls, follow-ups, all that kind of stuff. So I'll have those. I'll have the prospects. And then I have like, you know, my outreach list. Like, okay, I called them. I reached out. What happened? And in Trello, I'm just taking notes. So I'll remember. Yeah. So my future self will remember the conversation, the reasons why, you know, what objections am I getting? Objections are basically reasons why a potential customer, or in this case, a potential sponsor, might say no. And another word that I like to use for objections is excuses. 
once you start doing this for a while, you notice that people tend to bring up the same excuses over and over again for why they shouldn't do something. Now, I'm not saying that you should ever, ever pressure somebody into doing something that they don't want to do or that isn't in their best interests. But most times, people are making excuses not to do something that they actually really want to do, that they can totally afford to do, and that is definitely in their best interests. And when those excuses or objections start to come up over and over again, you start to get good at handling them, which basically means pointing out why those excuses don't really make sense. For example, a common objection that we get from people who want to join the Grow the Show Accelerator program, totally candidly, is it's not the perfect time. I've got this project going on, or I'm busy, or things are crazy right now. I want to wait till next month when this XYZ happens. Now, yes, sometimes it's true. It's actually not a good time, which is totally fine. Like a couple weeks ago, someone got on an accelerator interview a week after having their first child. And we were like, yep, now's not a good time. You should probably focus on that. Not the best time to try to jumpstart your podcast. But most other times, that objection that excuse of, oh, it's not a good time, not now, I want to wait two weeks or till next month or whatever it is, that excuse is actually the reason why that podcaster needs our help. You see, that podcaster is somebody who has all the ingredients for success in podcasting. They have a vision, they have a passion, they totally have the resources to join the program, and most importantly, they really, really want to. But the only thing holding them back is that they've got themselves stuck waiting for the perfect time to grow and monetize their podcast or their business, which, spoiler alert, there's no such thing. Yet, many of us are perpetually waiting until next week, when things are less crazy, to make our dreams come true. And if that's you, I've got news. It's not going to be less crazy next week. It'll never be less crazy. Things will always be crazy and life will always get in the way. So shouldn't we get started now so that you can learn how to grow your audience and monetize while life is crazy? And even if the perfect time does magically come along in two weeks or next month, what's going to happen two weeks after that when life starts to get crazy again? Are you saying that you only want to grow your podcast and have a profitable business if the conditions are perfect? Do you really think you'll have a profitable business if you only take action when the conditions are perfect? Okay, so we've had this conversation with podcasters dozens of times, and some of them say, no, no, I really want to wait, and that's cool. But many of them said, wow, you're right. And then they joined the program, got great results, and they thanked us for nudging them to step up when they were making an excuse. That's what's called handling an objection. And the way that you get good at handling objections is noticing which ones you hear over and over again and which ones truly are excuses, and you write them down. And you remember how to handle them, aka point out that they don't make sense. So this is something that if you do decide to get into sponsorships, you're going to deal with as well. You're going to have to learn how to handle objections. Maybe in the future, we'll make a full episode on how to get better at that. Aside from objections, there are some other things that you do need to find out about when you get on the phone with potential sponsors. Figure out why do they need you? And so oftentimes I get, you know, somebody this week at call, man, like, I'm, I'm going to reach out to a sponsor. I'm going to pitch them. I'm like, cool, give me your pitch. Like, give it to me. I'm, I'm the sponsor. I'm a perfect fit. You've done all this stuff. And it was just like me, 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 my podcast, my podcast award, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, dude, nobody cares if you're a Hall of Fame podcaster, guru. Nobody cares. Like, what they care about is how can you help their business? So really the thing is, 
calling a sponsor and, you know, reaching out however you found them and saying, Hey, I, you know, I found your company. I have this podcast. It's about saltwater fishing. And I've noticed that you and your boat dealer do this event, this event, that event, this thing, you've done your research, you know what they sponsor, you know what they promote, you know how they advertise. I'm another medium and my podcast is catering to this person doing this with, with whatever, you know, like with this goal in mind and you're a really great fit you know, and you tell them about their company and you tell them how great their company is and what their company is doing. And you've turned the focus on, oh, this guy's just calling to talk about himself to, oh, this guy's calling to talk about me and I'm great and I'm a great fit and I would be awesome in my show, my business. Mm. And it really, they qualify themselves. And that's how we got sponsors. I never talked about our podcast. I never, I, I mean, I mentioned like, hey, here's what we're doing. Here's what we want to build. But I never really mentioned numbers. I never mentioned you know, any of the other marketing stuff we were doing, I was just saying, Hey, you're the perfect fit for this audience that we want to build. And I think with this collaboration, we can both benefit a lot. And so I guess my tip would be like, focus on the sponsor and really do your research as to why they are, you know, the perfect fit and have that conversation. And then also Mm -hmm. ask questions like, what are you struggling with in your business with marketing? You know, you're a business owner trying to get people to do business with you and you're a marketing person now that you're trying to do this. And so learn that game, learn about business, learn about the pain points of your industry um, and ask those questions. And, and so we didn't know that. I didn't know that for like six months with one of our sponsors. I was doing kind of a follow up and just making sure they're happy. And and I was going over some stats with them just because, and I, I said, yeah, we're like, we reached 35 countries or whatever. And I blew past to the next thing. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa what'd you say? I'm like, oh, we, we reached like 35 countries. And they're like, oh, this is all making sense. We ship boats worldwide. And we started getting orders from different countries. And like, that's a part of a business we struggled with. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And all of a sudden my messaging changed in their ad. And I didn't dive in though. I didn't really do a good job onboarding, you know, even though I had that, upfront conversation. So it's like really let them know like, Hey, I'm here for you to serve you. And I think it's the same with your audience. You know, it works both on both sides of it. It's like, you're this middle person who's joining these two worlds together. So make sure you're well oiled and greased up. All right. So that elephant in the room, the thing that everyone wants to ask about, and you're probably wondering about what about pricing? I feel like I'm a a little bit of an innovator in the space in this industry, just because if you Google how to monetize a podcast, it's all CPM, it's all numbers based, it's get 10,000 downloads, blah, blah, blah. So I'm throwing mud on the wall and I always recommend Mm. people do this. So I will take CPM rates into consideration to make sure I'm not below because I know that's what the market would pay. So I'll take a CPM rate, you know, and if it's like, Oh, okay. It's going from 18 to 50 bucks. And, you know, maybe I'll come in the middle somewhere and figure out where my numbers are to make sure I'm not below that. But then typically adding 20, 30% on top of it. I think this year we went, like went to CPM and then added like 30%, you know, increase on top of that. Mm. Um, just because I do feel like I'm presenting a pure audience over just a giant audience. So I'm like, the conversation is I'm the word of mouth guy from your product to my audience, they trust me. They're showing up every week. They're listening to the show. 
they're hearing our dad jokes. They're hearing all the, you know, all the banter, all the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. And this is a relationship. And so it's, it's like me going to a friend and saying, Hey, Kevin, man, you got to check out the SM7B. This thing is hot, you know? And, and you go, Oh, cool. I'm going to go check it out. You know, yeah. it's like way yeah. stronger than, Oh, I saw this boat on a billboard or a newspaper or Facebook ad or whatever. The key, however, that Billy says can allow you to land higher ad prices is this. Pitch your niche, not your numbers. And so, you know, once again, I, I think it's really important, one, as a content creator, as a podcaster, to understand your own value. And then also understand the value of the industry you're in. Like If you look at the value of podcasting in general, thanks a couple of big names I won't mention, but thank you for doing big deals. And, yeah. you know, yeah, Spotify putting billions of dollars to the side to acquire some of these audio productions and all this stuff. And so there's where the money is. And so understand what a podcast listener does, their behavior, and speak to the industry, not just to your show. And I think when, you know, when a company and a brand, and I'm doing deals with small companies, I'm doing deals with you know, mega million dollar industries or whatever, you, however you say it. And the conversation is always people. And so, so if you want to pitch numbers, you want to get paid CPM, then you got to figure out how do I grow the biggest audience? You know, I mean, mm. you got to have an audience either way. Like you can't just sandbag your way to, <laughs> to a paycheck. <laughs> um, but you know, start small. Like we started with the $200 an episode and however we had relationships with us people. So that was a little bit different. Uh, my, my partner in this thing had a track record of running a, a fishing newspaper for years. So there was that, you know, that value that was in there as well. It wasn't just, Hey, new kids on the block. We got a fishing, but I had started yeah. a fishing podcast and sold it. It was very popular. And so those all kind of added up into our world and was leveraged for us to do a deal you know, essentially with no listeners. Um, but now it's like, figure out who your target audience is. Cause I think you're going to grow both ways. I mean, you are the grow of the show expert. Like I listen to your podcast. Cause I'm like, how do I, how in the world do I grow this thing more? Like I've, <laughs> I feel like I've done good, but how do I do great? And yeah. so, um, you know, it's really important to focus on your community and let your sponsor or potential sponsor know how they affect that community and why it's so important and imperative for them to be a part of the journey. Yeah. And, and you'll find the right people and you'll find the right sponsors. And, and we have sponsors that reach out to us now. And I tell them, no, every, I got a sponsor in my email every day. That just doesn't make any sense. And I go, I'm really sorry, but this isn't a good fit. Uh, but the ones that are a good fit are signing year contracts with us, mm. which is amazing. So, Fantastic. you know, it's set myself up a whole year's worth of salary for in, in a couple of hours, which is amazing. <laughs> Just a couple of calls, <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's awesome. So, yeah, man. it's cool, man. It's a, it's a lot of work. You know, I think podcasters... And I was like this, man. I started I started a, a business podcast, and I thought, man, this is going to set me off. This is going to be the thing. Oh, me too. Yep. And then it wasn't. I mean, it was cool. I made a lot of cool friends. It opened a lot of cool doors. And my T-shirt printing business got some business. But it really wasn't my voice, my thing. And, you know, go out there and find the right collaborations. And think of it as a collaboration. And try to pitch it as partnership, collaboration, not just – Hey, I'm going to put you in a 15 second pre-roll and you're going to yeah. give me a hundred bucks. Like yeah. nobody wants to be transactional. I mean, they might yeah. think they do, or you might think they do, but they don't. And then, you know, one last thing, man, I'll say this is people do business with people. I don't care how big the brand is. I don't care how big the name is. I don't care how long they've been around. Whoever you're talking to that's going to write that check or approve that check to be written is a person. We all put our pants on the same way. We all have the same, you know, 
life frustrations and all those things. Like we're all human. Uh, so don't get so nervous that you can't talk or be yourself. Cause I think our sponsor, it's one thing they always say is like, man, we really appreciate you guys for being who you are. Like we see other people that we know personally doing content in the fishing space and it's just all show, which there's always entertainment and stuff mixed, but the authenticity of who we are and the audience we're building is a part of their brand just as much as it is ours. Honestly, the coolest part about getting podcast sponsorships and keeping those relationships is just that. When you find a brand or a company that really, really aligns with what you're doing, it really is a relationship. A relationship that you enjoy, that you both get mutual benefit out of, and that serves your listeners as well. And if you focus on having great relationships with your sponsors instead of just focusing on how much you can charge or just focusing on the transaction, you're going to be in this for the long haul and you're going to have way more fun and make way more money. So Billy just laid out exactly what you can start doing today to start building relationships with potential sponsors. And no matter where you are in your podcasting journey, whether you just launched last week or you've been at this for years with hundreds of episodes, it's always a good time to start building relationships with potential sponsors. Now, we did lay out a bunch of stuff and we talked about some things that really, really make some people uncomfortable, AKA sales. And I know that there's a really decent chance that that's a really, really scary thing. So I'm willing to bet that you'd like some extra support when entering these conversations for the first time. And if that's true, I invite you to join us in the free Grow the Show Facebook group where Billy and I both are active all the time, helping podcasters grow and monetize. And so if you had any thoughts while listening to this episode about, oh, that won't work for me, or, oh, I'm too scared to do that, I invite you to just hop into the Grow the Show Facebook group and just make a post sharing what's going through your head, what you feel like you need help with next. And you can even tag me or Billy and we'd be happy to comment and weigh in and help you so that you can get past that roadblock and start building relationships with sponsors now. The link to join us in the Facebook group is in the show notes. Grow the Show is a Q9 production. This episode was written and produced by Catherine Nails and myself with post-production by Jeremy Bishop. And of course, a very special thanks to Billy Thorpe. For Grow the Show, my name is Kevin Schmidlin. See you next time. <laughs>